I'm talking now with Taylor Wolf, Nevada County's public information officer. Taylor, thank you again for coming on the air with me. Claudio, my pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Boy, what a week it's been. Today is Thursday. We got a little break from the storm, but a lot of folks are still without power. I know that today the county convened, the Board of Supervisors convened to declare a state of emergency. Can you update our audience about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I want to back up a little bit to Monday when the emergency first started. Our Office of Emergency Services actually declared this local emergency on Monday, um, and that went into effect immediately. And Nevada County uh, was the first county um, of the impacted counties in this uh, region to declare this local emergency. What the board did today was ratify this emergency declaration, which is basically a necessary formality, um, but it does not and has not impacted the county's ability to access outside resources that we need to respond to this emergency event and really support our community. Um, So the board's action today was pretty simple. It um, was more or less paperwork to sign off that we do have a local emergency happening in our community, um, but having it today rather than Monday um, did not make any impact to those pulling down resources. In fact, um, we were able to pull those down pretty early. Yeah, let's let's dig into that a little bit. What are some of the resources that are now available due to the stage of, state of emergency? Yeah, so basically we work really closely with Cal OES um, through our Office of Emergency Services to request resources that are needed. So um, I believe we talked about, you know, a big generator was brought down night one on Monday from Sacramento County to power our overnight shelter that was at Madeline Madeline Helling Library in the community room at the time. Um, That was something that we requested with this local declaration on Monday through Cal OES, and they were able to help us secure that resource. We also have things like, um, you know, we we sent out a task force today with um, Cal Fire, County Road Crews, and PG&E to really go out together, look at where um, trees were into power lines or power poles were down. And having PG&E, they're really enabled to us move more quickly through clearing, uh, clearing out our roadways and expediting the process. Um, But with that effort, uh, with these task forces, we had things like a grader from Glynn County, too, to help us do that work. So those are some of the resources um, specifically we've been pulling down. Um, But in in addition to equipment, um, these resources are also, for example, manpower to assist as well or Um, you know, the power to provide shelter to our residents. So it really is across the board, and it's just what are those um, resources or gaps in our community that are necessary to respond to this emergency as quickly as possible uh, that we can bring in from outside of the area to our county. Speaking of roads, do you by chance have an updated list of what is currently still closed in our county? Yeah, that is a great question, and it's it's really been a tough one to answer, but I will say some good news. We made some great prog- progress through these task force that I just spoke of in the Alta Sierra region. Um, Alta Sierra is not a place that normally gets that much snow, and they got hit really, really hard during this storm um, with, with a lot of blockage of the roadways. Um, so the task force were able to make a lot of good progress there. Um, the other piece of that, I will say, is our geographic and information systems team, we call them GIS uh, team for short, 
Uh, they've been out deployed on county roadways for the last several days to assist PG&E and road crews in mapping down power lines and blocked roads to gain a clearer scope of what these road access issues that we have in Nevada County. So today they did a great job um, pretty much completely mapping out um, all of Alta Sierra, um, most of Greenhorn until they hit a few inaccessible sections towards the end, and then um, also most of Cascade Shores as well. Um, you know, we really focus our roads crews on those main artery roads, and we start working into populated neighborhoods and then less populated or, you know, side roads from there. Um, we, we are still working on collecting information and, and really getting a better list of what is open and what is not. Um, but the good news is, is there's a break in the weather today, too. Yesterday, we were kind of starting over from, from scratch uh, with the snow we got overnight. Um, so, you know, I think we made some good progress today and a lot of things are looking a lot better today and reopening. Um, it's really the issue of getting those trees up and out of the roadways at this point. And I talked earlier about PG&E lines being into trees. Uh, what we're starting to see now, especially in areas that we've made a lot of progress in, like Alta Sierra, is that it isn't PG&E's wires always in trees. Some of them are comms lines, like AT&T, for example, too. Um, so the next step will really be starting to pull in and working um, closer with our telecommunications companies to to really be there and, and help take their lines out of trees too so we can continue that progress. Taylor, I've heard reports that people in that Alta Sierra area, um, sure, it's carrier dependent, but a lot of people no longer have cell service. Do you have any information about that? I do not have a lot of information about that, unfortunately. But yes, um, when the power goes out um, and some of these telecommunication providers um, you know, they might have backup generators uh, helping with some of their telecommunications. When those run out, power does go down. It's similar to what we've experienced in PSPS events. Um, we are aware of the telecommunication issues in Nevada County, and I can assure folks that our emergency operations center is working as hard as we can to really communicate the issues that our customers, our residents are experiencing here. Um, so again, we're working on bringing them into the fold because, um, you know, it has been an issue throughout this event with these widespread outages and we'll need to work with them closely on their telecommunications lines as we reopen roadways as well. So let's talk about generators for a moment. The last time we talked, we, you know, we were chatting about how, although they're really, really useful, they can be really dangerous. Let's remind folks about proper generator use. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important, especially as I, I just checked the current outage status for PG&E, and they're currently reporting still 17,304 customers that are affected by the power outage in Nevada County. So, you know, we started out at the beginning with 30,000, where um, a little over half still without power in day four. Um, so a lot of people might be out there using generators, but it's super important to use them safely, um, especially with the risk of carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, really what that comes down to is making sure you have good airflow and you have your generator um, facing towards, you know, outside. So it's not um, creating fumes that could create that carbon monoxide risk um, in your home or even in your attached garage too. So making sure those fumes are facing outside um, 
towards a ventilated airspace. Um, that's really the most important tip. I think when we talked the other day too, you know, we do have snow on the ground and we're living in a really wet climate right now. Of course, with having your generator in a well fumigated area where it's ventilated, um, you don't want to have it out in the rain or on top of snow too. You do want to have it in a place where it can stay dry. So finding that perfect um, happy medium spot is very, very important. Um, for generator safety. And of course, um, you know, we just, we just want people to stay safe in general as well. Um, you know, accessing propane to, or gas to fill up folks' generators, um, you know, has been somewhat problematic for folks too. So um, hopefully now that we're getting a little bit further into this emergency event, people are being able to access gas to fill up their generators too a little bit more easily. And um, our, our propane companies are also starting to be able to, to get out a little bit further on our roadways to help refill people's propane that might have been running low. Taylor, now let's talk about, let's talk about county resources. There are people that don't have generators, unfortunately. I've talked to people that have no heat, no hot water, no way to cook. What are the resources that are still available as of today, Thursday the 30th? Yeah, so um, rather than talking about, I mean, we do have plenty of resources. We do have two shelters um, up and running, and we plan to keep them up and running um, through Saturday evening. And so those two locations are at the Bear River High School in Grass Valley, and that is a shelter supported by Red Cross. Um, A reminder that service animals are allowed, but no pets are allowed at that shelter. And then we also have our shelter at the Nevada City Veterans Hall in the lower level uh, that is supported by Sierra Roots and really focuses um, on serving some of our homeless populations during this cold, cold weather. Um, So those are two great resources. Of course, um, a lot of our libraries were able to get back online today with power. So for libraries that are open, that is a great place to warm up during the daytime and charge your devices. They're public spaces. You can also um, you know, read a few books while you're visiting our library system. And then last but not least, you know, you talked about resources and unmet need. We are still getting a lot of calls for welfare checks um, or just different unmet needs like, you know, someone might be um, feeling somewhat stranded. Let's say they can't plow their driveway or, you know, don't have access to get into town and maybe they have medical needs. Those are all types of scenarios where we are uh, gathering them, gathering intel from people or having people call us at 1-833-DIAL-211 at a 24-7 call center staffed by 211 Connecting Points. And our social services staff, in partnership with FREED, are triaging those unmet needs that are coming in and working with law enforcement or whatever agency it might be to support those people and meet those needs during these events. Um, On top of that too, our social services staff have been incredibly proactive. Um, Starting first thing Monday, we were touching base with with all of our um, most at-risk clients within social services and adult services particularly, just to make sure they were okay and, and doing that outreach as well. So we will continue to do so, but again, for those unmet needs, we encourage people to call the 24-7 call center at 1-833-DIAL-211. And for life-threatening emergencies, please call 911. 
Now, I am one of those people that is somewhat affected by the weather. I know I'm not the only one. Are there are there resources for mental health? Are there are there uh, local? Is there a local number that people can call? I'm I'm gonna guess you're gonna say two one one, but I have to ask: Is there a local number that people can call for you know mental health? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, you know, it seems like things don't stop happening these days <laughs> via a pandemic or a wildfire, and now. Um, this historic winter storm where we find most of our community out of power for days. Um, so yes, there are resources. Um, if you do have internet connectivity, there's a wealth of resources on our website at letstalknevadacounty.com. Um, but we do have a couple of crisis lines locally as well. So one of the local numbers you can call if you need help right now is 530 530- Two six five five eight one one. There's also the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. But really, you know, I think reaching out to each other and and um, being Nevada County kind, as we talk about checking on our neighbors too, um, those really can can feed our mental health and and potentially if someone's um, experiencing thoughts of suicide, those can be life-saving conversations, checking in with people like that and reaching out if you are able. So we want to encourage people too to reach out to their neighbors, uh, check in with their friends and family, see how they're doing, um, and really offer that support as they can. Um, we've been through a lot as a community, but also, you know, as we've seen through this event, um, people continue to come together through throughout our community and help each other out and really truly um, be kind to one another and support one another. So, you know, folks can hitch a ride and get into town and go buy groceries or get what they need to warm up or, or keep their shelves stocked throughout these uh, power outages. Yeah. So returning to, to the, the shelter at, at Bear River High School, yesterday we talked Perhaps it was the day before, unfortunately, it's blurring together. <laughs> My apology. But we talked about the bus. The county transit bus was making a run from the Madeline Helling Library down to the Bear River High School shelter. Do you have any information about that? Is that still running? Yeah, absolutely. It is still running um, during the daytime, during transit hours. Um, so folks can hop on Nevada County Connects and get a ride Um Throughout the, the Nevada City and Grass Valley Basins, they can get a ride from Madeline Helling out to Bear River High School. Also today, um, we opened up Route 6 as well. And so that actually will pick people up um, from the Pin Valley or Rough and Ready Highway area. The route runs down Rough and Ready Highway and, and bring them to and from either you know out towards the Pin Valley area or in towards town too to access those services. Um, so transit is opening up. I received some great pictures this morning from our transit team. Um, they were all had huge smiles on their face getting back to work the last couple of days and being able to provide this so necessary service, um, especially right now during a storm, to our community. So that is up and running. So keep an eye out. And um, yeah, routes one, three, four, and six are all up and running right now during their regular daytime hours. Great. This has been really helpful. Is there anything that I that I missed? Is there anything you want to share? Uh, no, Claudio, I think just really thank you to you and the KVMR team for everything that you've done to um, provide information and news to our community. 
this has been a really hard event um, for people to access information with this widespread of outages and we couldn't do it without our radio stations. Uh, so I just want to share my sincere thanks to you and the folks out there who might be tuning in, um, staying prepared. Uh, we also are looking at some rains early next week. So maybe one thing that I might add is even though we just are getting off this crazy winter storm, um, don't forget to plan ahead too. We do have sandbags available at four different locations throughout the county. If you do think uh, between the snow and the rain, that's something you might need. I just thought of one more thing. Do you have any information about the post office and, and postal delivery? I, I've talked to some people that are not getting their mail for obvious reasons. Do you have any info? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually do not and was asked this question personally the other day and have been intending on following up on it. But um, I am happy to follow up on that question. And next time we talk, I can hopefully give you an update. That sounds good. Well, Taylor, I, I do appreciate your time and what you've done for us. And uh, well, we're all in this together. So thank you very much for your time. This has been a conversation with Taylor Wolf, Nevada County's public information officer. Taylor, thank you. Thank you, Claudia.